Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. Now, it's time for a trip down on the farm. Let's check in on reports from around the Oakland A's minor league affiliates. Welcome to the A's Farm Podcast. I'm your host, AthleticsFarm.com Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty. And today we're going to be joined by former Stockton Ports Manager and current Supervisor of Player Development for the A's, Rick Magnanti. We'll be talking a little bit about his career in baseball, as well as his current role with the A's, and we'll be getting his take on some of the top prospects in the farm system. Hey, thanks for joining me today, Rick. Hey, my pleasure, Bill. Thank you for having me. Well, we're definitely going to be uh, talking a lot about uh, a lot of different prospects with you today. We're going to, going to get updates on guys like uh, Puck and Lazardo and Carillion, and we're going to talk about guys like Sean Murphy and Austin Beck and Sky Bolt, uh, Jeffries, Dunshee, Howard, and all kinds of interesting prospects. But, but first, I know you're someone who started your career in professional baseball uh, 50 years ago now. So I just wanted to give folks a little a little sense of your career path over all those years. Um, I don't know if it seemed like a long journey or a short journey to you, but I believe you were originally drafted back in '69, uh, and in, in, in what were then the, the early days of the Nixon administration, I guess. That was, uh, you know, that was Vietnam civil rights and uh, uh, free love. <laughs> that was the era. Well, well I hope That's you were sure. I, I hope you were getting plenty of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to confess to any of those things. No comment. Uh, well, I think you were drafted no by comment. the by by the Indians in '69. If, if I'm correct, your 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 playing career didn't last too long, and and eventually ended up uh, making the the transition into scouting, right? Yeah, I, I had a very uh, uh, inauspicious uh, debut. Uh, it was a short-lived career, uh, and I found myself in the private sector actually for ten years. Um, was able to uh, get myself back into baseball in the late '70s uh, as an instructor and associate scout with the uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers in the late '70s, and then I hired on with the scouting bureau in 1982 and uh, spent uh, 82 to uh, 86 with them. So that's how it all began for me. That's how I segued back into it. My, my original entry into back into professional baseball was as an area scout for the Bureau. Uh, so that's where it kind of all began. 
So, uh, so then I think you joined Oakland at some time in the, in the 90s as the Southern California area scout. How how'd that come to pass? Uh, yeah, in, in 1995, I wasn't working at the time, uh, and uh, I had a, a somewhat of a relationship with Grady Tucson. Uh, when I was a bureau scout, he was an area scout for the A's in Northern California, got to know him. Uh, they were looking for an area scout in Southern California, and I was uh, fortunate enough to be interviewed and hired by Grady, and that was 1995, and that started my uh, my tenure here with the A's. So, uh, so tell me about some of some of the players. I mean, Southern California is a is a hotbed for for her uh, baseball talent. Tell me about some of the players that you scouted and signed uh, while uh, while an area scout for the A's. Well, I, I was I was very fortunate, like you say, it was it, it's a very fertile area for 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 scouting, as as history has proven. The number of players, the number of big leaguers that come out of California, certainly. And I, being in, in the greater Los Angeles area uh, and moving up north through the Central Valley, uh, I had a, a very, very good area. And I was very fortunate in those years, uh, working for the A's and directly for Grady, to be able to uh, scout, uh, draft, and sign players uh, like uh, Barry Zito, um, Bobby Crosby, Eric Burns, uh, Eric, uh, um, Ryan Ludwig, uh, Billy Murphy, some of those guys. So that was, again, it was Ronnie Flores. So those were kind of the guys that I kind of, uh, cut my teeth with, uh, with the A's in the, in the scouting department. And, and then I was, uh, in 2006, I had an opportunity, uh, to manage the, uh, South African team in the inaugural world baseball classic. And we were training here at the old Papago facility in Scottsdale, our minor league facility, uh, for that inaugural WBC uh, tournament. And uh, when that was over, well, we were eliminated after the first round. Uh, our director of player development, Keith Lippman, uh, asked me if I would be interested in, in managing Vancouver, our, our Northwest League affiliate, and our short season A club. And I said, you don't have to ask, ask twice. And so that began my kind of duality as an area scout for the Oakland A's as well as a short season minor league manager. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize that there are a lot of guys like yourself who, who will spend the spring scouting uh, um, and then amateur talent and then in the summer will go out and manage a, a short season uh, team like that, whether it's, uh, you know, Vancouver or Vermont or, or wherever in one of these short season leagues so that you're, you're really getting your hands in a little of both the scouting end and the development end. That's that's true, and, and I was just very fortunate that uh, the Oakland organization was very embracing in terms of a philosophy that allowed scouting and development to work hand in hand. Uh, they would bring area scouts in 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 the short season as pitching coaches or hitting coaches or managers, uh, and that's what allowed me to get back into the development side of the game. Some organizations they try to keep the two departments separate, you know, kind of stay in your lane. And uh, if it hadn't been for that kind of welcoming attitude and that inclusive kind of philosophy, uh, it might not have, I might have been able to get back into the game on the field. So I thank the Oakland A's for, for supporting that kind of uh, thinking in terms of the utilization of their people. Right. So besides uh, Vancouver, where were some of the other uh, places you've managed in the, uh, in the A's system? So I, I began there in, in Vancouver from 2006 to 2010, and then we moved our affiliate to the New York Penn League. We went to Burlington, Vermont, and I was there in 2011, 12, and 13. 
And then in 2014, I, uh, I segued permanently into a full season job with Oakland as a full-time manager for our, uh, our Beloit affiliate in the, in the Midwest league. And that was 2014 and then 2015, 16, 17, and up until last year, 18, I managed the Stockton ports. So that's kind of been my timeline as, as a, as a minor league manager in the Oakland chain. Yeah, so spending the last uh, four seasons in Stockton, you're you're well acquainted with a lot of the uh, the prospects who are in the the upper reaches of the A's uh, farm system now at this point. Um, uh, but back when you were when you were scouting with the A's, that was back during the sort of classic Moneyball era of the A's. So uh, you know when you either read in the book or see in the movies these you know groups of scouts around the table discussing the draft and, and things. Uh, you, you were one of those scouts in, in that Moneyball time. Uh, can you just reflect a little bit and, and give us your take on the whole the whole uh, the whole Moneyball thing at this point? Well, I mean, it was you know it was a, a very out of the box kind of thinking at the time for the A's. Uh, you know, a small market club with 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 a limited budget, trying to find uh, nuggets, so to speak, and in ways of evaluating players that traditionally hadn't been used in the past. And, uh, we, you know, with, with certainly Sandy Alderson basically was, a, you know, at, at, the, at the front of that. And then Billy Bean came on board and Paul D. Podesta. And pretty soon uh, analytics became a, a big part of evaluation on the amateur level and certainly at the, at, at the professional level. And uh, the addition of Farhan Zaidi, who currently is a general manager, executive of baseball uh, operations over there, vice president with the San Francisco Giants. So, that thinking basically changed to a large degree how we looked at players on the amateur level in terms of projecting them and their tools and their skills and their statistics, as well as how we assess the professional talent as well. And it, 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 it kind of changed the face of baseball. And today we, we see it as omnipresent in pretty much everything in terms of how players are evaluated statistically. It's no longer as home runs, RBIs and, 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 and batting average anymore. It's, it's, you know, the, the new baseball speak of uh, on base plus slug and plus WRC, et cetera, et cetera, and <laughs> launch angle and the exit velocity and all these things that have now come in as an, a, another way, another assist in terms of making us the best that we can be when we have to make choices on players and determining their value and their worth. So how has that evolution been for you? I mean, you're someone that, that came up sort of in the, in the, that old school scout, scouting world, uh, you know, back in the, back in the seventies. Uh, you know, how do you view this sort of debate between old school scouting and, and new school sabermetrics and, and, you know, how, uh, you know, how has that evolution been for you personally as someone who's been in the game as long as you have? Well, that's a, that's a good question, and I, I think simply stated, adapt or die, uh, and I think that applies to everything in life, in mm -hmm. the world. I mean, you have to embrace change. I love the game. I want to be a part of the game. Uh, things change. You have to have an open mind to change. You have to try to understand it because nothing stays the same. And so what it is today versus what it was when I began as a scout in 1982 versus what it was when I was a player in 1969, I mean, there's been tremendous progress. Uh, only by looking back at it at some point in time, we'll be able to see how accurate people were or how right their thinking was in terms of the changes they brought into play. But 
it's just what it is. And if you want to stay in the game, then you, you have to, you have to embrace the change and you have to welcome it and you have to make it a, a part of how you do your job. And I think Oakland has been again on the cutting edge of that. And everybody that is with this organization has uh, sees it as such and is, is, is very, you know, uh, receptive to uh, the, the new thinking, as well as taking into consideration that we still go out and look at a high school player at 17 or 18 years old. We have to look at the basic run, throw, hit, field, and power tools. Where, where are they now? What can we project them to be? What is the skill set? And ultimately, truly, what is the makeup of the player? All those three things taken into consideration, along with the analytics and what uh, they can offer in terms of the equation for success all play a part in what we do. Yeah, well, it does seem like in recent years that the A's have done a good job of of really integrating uh, the analytics with actual, um, you know, uh, old school scouting as well. You know, that the, that the team likes to likes to have the analytics side, but then they also do like to have guys go out and put their eyes and 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 they like to try to integrate uh, the the, uh, the scouting perceptions with the with the analytics data as well. The human element is a part of it. No, no matter how you, you know, how you slice the pie, it, 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 there is a human element in this game, and 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 that is something that has to be taken in consideration. No matter how analytically sound you may think your plan is or your equation in terms of determining what is going to separate uh, one player from the next, so that's part of it as well. And I think it it it, it plays into it certainly. Well, uh, speaking of change, after uh, after spending the last uh, uh, half decade managing full season teams in the A system, uh, this year you moved into the new role of uh, supervisor of player development, and uh, now you're based uh, down there in in Arizona. So, uh, tell me a little bit about about your current role with the A's, and uh, you know what you what you've got your fingers into uh, in this current job. Well, it's it's it, it uh, when, when I introduced myself to the new people on the staff here in spring training I, I call myself I'm the sensei it's wax on wax off <laughs> uh, you know I, I am I am they've asked me to uh, take on a, a mentoring role uh, uh, in terms of uh, we've added new coaches a fourth coach at every level of our minor league system we have some new young managers who are embarking upon their their careers and they felt it would be advantageous for someone like myself to be able to step in and help and assist and be a resource in these young uh, managers and coaches' careers. So I'm taking a little bit different uh, approach to what I do. Uh, I'm still in a position where I'm hands-on with players as well. So I'm teaching young players about the basics of the game and how to play the game. And I'm hoping to teach young coaches and managers the leadership skills that are necessary to succeed, to relate to players, to be able to be a good teacher, to be a good leader, to be a good role model. And I'm kind of like feeling my way through it a little bit. It's, 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 it's kind of, uh, you know, there, there's no real particular structure or guidelines in place. I'm kind of making my way through <clears throat> based on, you know, one-on-one kind of uh, interaction with our staff and our young coaches. And that's basically what I'm doing. I'll be here through the extended program. Uh, and then it, after the draft in June, I will go to Vermont to be um, uh, in, in a capacity to assist uh, Aaron Nakula, our manager, uh, as a, a bench coach. I'll be able to put the uniform on every day and do the work on the field. 
if they want to utilize me in, in the dugout, if they want to utilize me on the lines, if they'd like me to sit in the stands and, and sit back and get kind of a more a broader perspective of the game so that I can offer my insight and my experience. And also, I'm sure I will be writing reports on opposing players for Dan Feinstein and the scouting department to assist them as we evaluate players and other organizations in terms of acquisition down the road. Oh, well, I know in, in this new role, you're obviously spending a lot of time down there in Arizona at the uh, the minor league uh, training complex in Mesa. And uh, because of that, you, you've had an opportunity to, to see a lot of the A's top prospects during minor league spring training. And, and as well now, during extended spring training down there in Arizona, there's still a lot of guys down there in camp. A lot of people don't realize that once the season gets going, there's still plenty of players down there in Arizona at the minor league complex for you guys to work with. Um, so let me let me ask you about a few of the guys that are down there now. You know, people are always particularly interested in some of these high-profile pitching prospects uh, that have been working their way back from injuries. Uh, AJ Puck, as we know, had Tommy John surgery last year. Um, I heard that he's finally back, uh, throwing throwing uh, off the mound to hitters down there in Arizona. Um, is that the case? And uh, where is he at? And and do you think uh, can we expect to see him back in action when the uh, the Arizona League gets going again uh, towards the uh, towards the end of June? Uh, I'm not sure what his exact timeline is. I can say that he is down here rehabbing, and I think his rehabbing is going very successfully. It's it you know it, it, it's it's somewhat um, you know methodical it, it, it's a slow process to bring these guys back uh we're we're cautious we monitor everything they do uh, but to date uh you know he he's on he's on line to 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 reach his in game uh, as projected so he's healthy i see him on a daily basis and he's in a good frame of mind so everything looks good for aj as he moves forward with his rehab Great. Well, hopefully we'll uh, see him back in action at some point this summer in, in, in Arizona anyway, with uh, with no setbacks anywhere along the way, fingers crossed. Uh, now, what about uh, Jesus Lazardo? You know, everyone was so excited about him this spring. He's such a, a dynamic young talent, and everyone was so eager to see him in action. And it was so disappointing when he went down with a shoulder injury. I believe he's just been shut down for the past month and, and hasn't done much of anything but uh, but uh, can you tell me where where things are at with Jesus Lazardo? Yeah, he's on the throwing program down here as well. I I don't think he's been up on the mound yet or thrown to to live hitters, but you know, he he's very anxious to get back into it. He's feeling good uh and uh, progress is 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 being made uh uh you know in in a, in a very positive way with him. Uh, again, you reference him. What, what a talented young player! What a poised, mature individual! What an advanced uh, pitcher for his age! I had an opportunity to, you know, manage him a little bit at the beginning of last season in Stockton. He began the year there. Uh, I think the, the sky is the limit for this youngster. Uh, there's just so many things, good things that you can say about him. His ability to pitch, his, his arsenal, his competitive nature. All those things. I mean, we all look forward to 
to seeing him in the big leagues, uh, you know, in, in, in the not too distant future, certainly. Yeah, I think I I heard he was, uh, you know, doing long toss at this point. So, you know, it's obviously going to still take a little while for him to get back into into pitching shape. But, um, you know, hopefully we can uh, see him back in action uh, uh, before we get uh, too uh, too deep into the summer as well, because I know everyone's just so excited to see him back on the mound. Uh, any anytime he pitches, it's always uh, it's always worth watching. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is this is a very, very talented young kid with, with tremendous upside and you know we just keep our fingers crossed as we do with all our players that we can stay healthy you know I mean really that's the biggest concern if these guys can stay healthy then we know that they have the, the potential to, to perform and if they can do that then they can be a big asset to our big league club and then the other guy uh, down there that everyone's always curious about as well is uh, James Caprilli. And I know he was sidelined much of this spring. It started with the lat strain, and then I think he had some other uh, setbacks. Uh, I know I, I, I think recently he was throwing to hitters again finally uh, down there. But can you tell us where, where James Caprillian's at at this point? Well, he, he's back now where he is actually pitching in games. He threw two innings today against the Giants in an extended game. Uh, so he's making progress and he, and another very, very strong willed competitive kid who is very much looking forward to getting out, putting the uniform on and pitching for real. So he's progressing well, no setbacks as we speak today. Uh, and, uh, the timeline, uh, you know, is whatever they said it would be when, when it began, but so far he's doing well and, uh, he'll be continuing to pitch down here in extended games. Uh, it's just with him, with everything he's been through, it's just good good to know he's actually back on the mound and throwing again. Uh, it's it's been a, been a while. Um, let's uh, turn to a few uh, of VA's uh, uh, top hitting prospects. Uh, let's uh, starting out with a guy who you know because he played for you for uh, uh, for the time there in Stockton. And that's catcher Sean Murphy. You know everyone's I think very excited. Uh, about him you know he's a catcher with with good good skills behind the plate he's got a strong throwing arm and he can handle the bat as well so I know a lot of A's fans are eager to see him in Oakland before long so can you tell me a little bit about your impressions of Sean Murphy from your time with him and and how close do you think he is to being major league ready at this point uh well I just you know when you break him down like you say it, it, it's it, it's it's never easy to find a good receiver at the big league level that that is valued that's why sometimes the bat is secondary to 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 catchers that play every day in the big leagues but when you have a player like sean who is is a a uh, premier defender uh, w with an above average arm and uh, a chance to hit and hit with power it, it's the whole package so uh you know the future is bright for him uh, I think, you know, it's it sometimes takes position players a little bit longer to get to the big leagues because hitting is such a difficult skill. It's, it would be unfair to them to rush them too quickly. They need to matriculate through the system to kind of face the, the next level of pitching and see how they handle it uh, over the course of a season. And so unlike a pitcher who maybe has a, a tremendous arm with a secondary pitch, and can throw strikes that they can accelerate their way through the minor league system a lot more quickly than a position player. But I would say certainly that Sean is very close. The impressions that he's made in spring training this year were, were extremely positive. 
And and I think he will be a huge asset for the Oakland A's as an everyday catcher in, in the not-too-distant future. Oh, that's good to hear. I know everyone's really looking forward to, to his arrival in Oakland. Uh, okay, let's talk about a, a, a trio of uh, talented outfielders uh, with your former club in Stockton this year, uh, starting out with uh, Austin Beck. He was the, uh, the A's top pick uh, in the uh, 2017 draft. Uh, out of high school. Um, he uh, hit, hit well for average last year in Beloit. I think everyone was surprised to, to see the power numbers where he only hit two home runs last year. But he's already got two at Stockton this year, which is, as we know, a much friendlier hitting environment. But uh, can you tell me what you've, uh, what you've been seeing out of uh, Austin back so far? Well, you know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have no real in-season history with him. I never had an opportunity to manage him. But I did get to take a look at him a little bit here during the spring. And, and he, first of all, he's he, he, he's physically much more mature. He's stronger. Uh, and his, his approach to hitting has, 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 has improved considerably from his, his, you know, his first year here in the Arizona League. Uh, so his tools are improving. Uh, his physical prowess is, is, is such that he's, he's – starting to develop what we call a man body. Now he looks like a mature individual, not like a high school kid any longer. So now it's just up for up to him to see how well he does at the next level. And uh, I think everybody down there in Stockton uh, to begin the season got off to a little bit of a slow start offensively, but it seems to now that he's uh, starting to get some wind behind his sails and, and his, uh, his bat's starting to come a little bit. And I'm sure that, there will take some time for him to acclimate, uh, to get used to, and 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 to find his his way in that in that in that league. But it, it's like anything; it is a process. It takes development, and I'm sure that uh, you know once he gets his feet on the ground, he gets familiar with the league and gets comfortable down there. His tools will play up, and his skill set will continue to improve. And certainly, he is he's an up and coming young prospect for the Oakland A's. Uh, well, another guy uh, in Stockton who I'm sure you got a good look at uh, this spring in Arizona is uh, the A's big uh, Cuban import, uh, Lazaro Armenteros, uh, who, um, again, very, very toolsy, very talented guy, perhaps a little raw, but uh, there's n- no denying the, the tools he possesses. So uh, can you tell me what you've, uh, what you've seen out of, uh, out of uh, Lazarito thus far? Uh, well, again, like you say, it's it's it, 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 it's a physical it's a physical player. Uh, it, it, it's a combination of, of speed, um, uh, power, um, more more offensive uh, than a defensive guy. Um, I think that uh, he too is. You know, we you know when you speak to the, the Cuban player, um, sometimes it's it's difficult to really put them in a, in a place where they are, you can kind of draw a parallel to an American, like a college player, you know, three years right. at division one school uh, playing at the top level of competition. Although Cuba has a rich history of baseball, they don't have the infrastructure to play there that we have in the States. So it, it takes some of these guys, um, Blanco comes to mind as well, a little bit of time to acclimate uh, to, to, to American baseball, to playing every day, uh, to understanding what that 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 pro routine is, uh, and, and 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 finding their kind of a, a comfort level there. So I think it's just like anything. There, he's going to have some growing pains, but again, 
the the upside there is, I mean, you know, we're hoping that he's going to be Suspedis Puig like. I mean, that's what we're hoping. You know, right. that's what we think he's that type of that prototypical player. So it, it may take him a little bit of time, but but again, sometimes it, w- once they catch fire and things start to happen, uh, you know, he could move quickly as well. So right. uh, certainly, uh, you know, all signs pointing north for uh, Lazarito. So the uh, the third uh, uh, top prospect in that Stockton outfield this year, Jamison Hanna, he was uh, uh, Ye's uh, second draft pick last year behind Kyler Murray, and he kind of got lost in the shadows behind all the uh, all the Kyler Murray talk. But uh, I know he hasn't necessarily gotten off to a great start in Stockton in, in, in the first month. But everybody I talk to, you know, talks about what a professional hitter he is and, you know, what a good approach he has and how well he handles the bat. I know. Again, you got you got a good look at him this spring. So, what what are your impressions of uh, Jamison Hanna? Yeah, I was very impressed with him. He, he's a mature uh, player, and by that I mean he, he's 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 got a you know he, he's he's old beyond his age. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's got uh, uh, the ability to to understand to grasp concepts. Uh, he's able to make the changes that we're asking him to make to hopefully make him a better player. The tools are in place as well. Certainly, everybody's impressed with his advanced uh, approach at the plate, his pitch recognition, things of that, uh, like that. But it, it, it's like anything. It, 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 professional baseball is just a lot different than amateur baseball. And there's so many things that uh, players have to become accustomed to uh, in professional baseball that that first year really is an orientation. I mean, you really can't place a tremendous amount of emphasis on the statistical uh, results. It, it's, it's more of a getting an understanding of what it means to play 140 ball games, the travel, uh, the, the possible injuries, all the things that come into play that it, it takes a year or a year and a half for some of these players, no matter what their upside is to really understand what it is to play professionally every day. And what that, what that, what those demands are, emotionally and physically and so i'm sure that you know again once once he starts to get his feet on the ground and understand what he's up against every day uh his 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 aptitude and his commitment his desire will will bring his tools and his ability to fruition as well uh, and then another guy I wanted to ask you about is someone that, that you had on your uh, Stockton teams as well, um, and that's uh, outfielder Sky Bolt, who's really been uh, hitting up a storm in uh, his first uh, year in uh, AAA with Las Vegas uh, this season. Uh, he's really been on fire lately. So uh, what, what, can, what can you tell me about Sky Bolt? Well, he, he's, he's a good profile in what I've kind of been talking about. Around to you about these guys. Well, what to expect? When, when can we see? When, when can we expect them to? You know, you know the destination date when they're going to get to the big leagues. Uh, I, I've had Sky for a couple of years now, and I had him two years ago, and and uh, he began last year in in uh, Midland and got off to a very slow start. And they asked him to come back to Stockton, and that and that's a, you know that that's a, that's a big transition. You know, you right. you get yourself less than a month at Double A. You had a pretty good spring. You finished strong the year before in A ball. Uh, you know, everything looks the future looks bright, and all of a sudden you, you you hit a speed bump, and you have to you have to step back and you have to assess who you are, what you're doing, 
how you're doing it, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, how are you going to make an adjustment? And he was able to come back to Stockton last year, uh, find his bearings, uh, reassess, make the necessary adjustments, go back to Midland, finish strong there, go to the fall league, have a very, very uh, impressive fall league, go to big league camp and be placed on the 40-man roster, have a very solid spring in uh, this year, go to AAA and get off to a tremendous start. So uh, I couldn't be more pleased for Sky Bolt. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I always, when they say, well, what do you think, who is Sky Bolt? Who could he be? I, I, I compare him to Josh Reddick. That, that's mm. what I think. That's the kind of player I think he can be. He plays center field. He, he's got tools. He runs. He throws. He defends. He's a switch hitter. There's life and power in the bat. Uh, you know, he's got, he's got it all. And so it's just a matter of him putting it together and performing. And, and it seems like he's on the road right now. And I couldn't be more pleased for any, any of the guys that I've had recently uh, under my stewardship than, than Sky Bolt. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, just pretty much what you said in terms of he, he always seemed to be a very toolsy guy. He had a lot of tools, and it was just a matter of him putting it together. It never seemed to, to really come together on the field. And, and for some reason, this year in AAA, you know, it seems like he's finally putting all those tools together, and, and he's hitting like everyone thought he was capable of all along. Yeah, consistency is a, a big problem. It's not a problem, but it, it is something that, that, that big leaguers are that minor leaguers aren't. You right. know, I mean, the, big, big leaguers, they have their ups and downs too, but, but there is a consistency of performance that you expect from them. Uh, in a given day, a minor leaguer, a given week, a minor leaguer, a given month, a minor leaguer could be very impressive, and then all of a sudden you go from a peak to a valley. And how do you find your way back up the slope again? And that was always basically uh, Sky's Achilles heel. It was a, a up and down and mm-hmm. and an inconsistency in his play. It was never, he, can he do it? It's how consistently can he do it? And that takes time and, and that takes patience and that takes commitment and diligence and a strong will to overcome adversity and, and, and criticism. Uh, and, and, and people that are, have got you under the microscope and have an expectation for how you should play. And when you don't, they're, they're, they have a critical eye toward you. So uh, it, it takes a lot to be successful in this game, and, and a lot of it is character, and, and, and he has that. He has that character, and he has that will and that competitive spirit, and I'm, I'm hoping that it, it all comes together. And I would make, nothing would make me happier to see Sky Bolt in the big leagues sometime this year. Yeah, that uh, that uh, that could be exciting, that, uh, and it could be quite possible too with the way he's been playing at at Vegas. All right, let's uh, talk about uh, a few uh, very exciting and and healthy uh, pitching prospects for the A's. Um, it's uh, it's always good to have uh, promising pitching prospects in the system, and it's even better when they're healthy. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> That's true. There's a couple of guys that that you uh, you know well. You had them at Stockton. They're they're always talked about together. They were drafted back to back a few years ago, and they're both right-handers, Parker Denshi and Brian Howard. They both had really solid years, starting out in Stockton last year and then moving up to Double A Midland. 
um, and they're they're both back in AA Midland this year. Both of them have ERAs under under two as we finish the, the first month of the season as we come to the end of April here. You know them from your time last year in Stockton. Tell me a little bit about uh, about what you see from Parker Dunchy and Brian Howard and what you expect to see from them going forward. Well, I, I expect to see them develop, improve, and eventually pitch in the big leagues. They're both big league prospects, uh, and they're both terrific young men with a, a commitment and a work ethic and a desire and a drive uh, to be the best that they can be. And, and I think that is one thing that truly separates them, their ability to prioritize, uh, their ability to go out and compete, uh, their ability to make adjustments on the fly, and and not allow adversity to to stop their their, their progress. Uh, I can't say enough good things about both of them. It was a delight to have them. I'm glad that I was able to be a part of their careers as 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 they moved from the lower levels to the upper levels. I got to see them both pitch again this year in spring training. And as you referenced, uh, Howard with a 173 and Dunchy with a 174 after five starts, less hits and innings pitched. Uh, Dunchy was almost as many strikeouts as innings pitch. Um, th- their numbers are good. Uh, I, I just expect that they will continue to pitch effectively this year, and I will, wouldn't be surprised if they finish uh, the season at a higher level than where they began. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about both those guys, too, is that as well as they've performed, it's not like either of these guys is, is throwing in the high 90s. You know, it's not like they have overwhelming uh, stuff. But but they both seem to have really good command and and really know how to work with what they've got to succeed. Yeah, they're you know I mean in, in a true definition they are pitchers. Mm-hmm. They're almost like old school pitchers. Mm-hmm. It, it's more about location and movement. It's it's more about exploiting hitters' weaknesses. It's a, a more about pitching to your strengths. It, it, it's knowing how to get out of an inning. It, it, it's, it, it, it's, those are the things that the, those are the intangibles and the skills that, that they have. Both of them, I believe will probably have a little added velocity as they move on. I mean, you know, Howie is a tall, slender guy. He's not a man yet. He hasn't, he doesn't have a man body. <laughs> Once he does, I mean, he's going to be a different-looking guy at 27 or 28 years old than he is right now. If that frame fills out a little bit, and he adds two or three miles an hour to the velocity, and he's able to continue to sink the ball and have that effective changeup and be able to locate and pitch downhill, you know, there's still there's still upside to both of these guys. Uh, you know, Dunchy is he's more like a, I don't know if this is a real comparison i might be over my skis here a little bit because mm-hmm. this guy was a great oakland A's pitcher but he's like a catfish hunter this guy locates he he gets pitcher he gets hitters to swing outside the zone certainly when you don't have that above average fastball and or movement to compete with or combination of if you don't locate you're going to give a, give up hits and these guys they do give up hits but they're able to minimize damage because they can get themselves out of a situation. First and second, one out, they get a ground ball, double play, inning over. They don't walk the guy. They don't elevate and give up a big hit. So 
these guys are truly pitchers, and with a little bit of maturity and strength, and as, as they as they grow older, I think you're going to see that their arsenal improves in terms of tightness to the breaking ball, uh, the ability to um, move the fastball, to sink it, to cut it, whatever they're going to find that they need that works best for them. I think they have the skill set that's going to allow them to be successful pitchers. I want to reference the guy. Maybe you can help me with this. His name Davies. The guy that pitches for the Milwaukee Brewers, yeah, I mean it, it, that that's that's like a dun sheet. I mean, right. This guy's pitching at a, eighty-eight to ninety-one. You know he's missing bats because hmm. he can pitch. Right. And, and those, you know, they, they know who they are. They know what they need to do, and they know how to get hitters out, and and that will serve them well as they move forward. I believe. Yeah, no, I mean, it's exciting to just see the success they've been able to have uh, at this point and, and, you know, to know that, the, that they're on their way and they're in the pipeline. And, and a final guy that I think I wanted to ask you about that people are always interested in um, is uh, Dalton Jeffries. You know, you had him a couple of years ago in, in Stockton when he was sort of first starting out. Unfortunately, you know, he had to have the Tommy John surgery uh, a couple of years ago. He basically didn't pitch for almost two years got back into action uh, this uh, this April in Stockton, pitched really well, and now he's uh, already on his way up to uh, AA Midland. So uh, can you tell me a little bit about uh, where, where you see Dalton Jeffries is, is at at this stage of the game? Uh, just a, another great young kid with a tremendous competitive makeup, uh, a, a burning desire to win and be successful, uh, you know, uh, kind of derailed with some injuries. Uh, but off to a good start in Stockton, uh, you know, an opportunity presents itself. He gets a chance to go to Midland. I know that his innings will be limited this year. He will he will pitch as a starter, but we're going to be careful with him and make sure that we can get him through the season healthy. And uh, if if that's the case, then we, where we drafted him, what we believe he could be, I, I think he I think he will be able to realize that 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 uh, that potential as well. So. When you look at people like, you know, Dunchy and, and Howard and, and, and Luzardo and, and, um, and Jeffries, uh, I mean, the future looks bright for young Oakland pitching. And uh, these guys should be a, a, a part of that as we move forward as a big league organization, I believe. Yeah, there's certainly plenty of talent there. Let's let's just keep our fingers crossed. Everybody stays healthy. Everybody makes it out on the mound every uh, every turn. <laughs> if we could just do that, everything will be everything will be great. Well, yeah, well, yeah, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for uh, for taking time out to talk to us today, Rick. It's always good to talk to you. Take your perspective on things. It's my pleasure, Bill. I, I thank you so much for having me on and. Uh, all the best to you as, as the season progresses. Thanks a bunch. And thanks to all of you out there for listening to this edition of the A's Farm Podcast. Be sure to check back in for the next episode. And don't forget that you can always find daily updates on all the A's top prospects and all the daily action in the A's minor league system on our A's Farm website at athleticsfarm.com. That's athleticsfarm.com. Thanks again. I'm A's Farm Editor-in-Chief Bill Moriarty, and we'll see you again down on the farm. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.